Hello and welcome to Podcast Eater, the Culture podcast. My name is Ezekiel, I'm the co-runner and editor of Culture and today I'm joined by a very special guest, film enthusiast, Brendan. Hello, Brendan. Pleasure to be here, Ez. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Happy to have you. Thank you. Now, today we're going to discuss a film uh, that is near and dear to Brendan's heart, and one that I've only gained recent familiarity of, Dr. Strangelove. Or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Exactly. Um, now, originally, uh, we'd been planning this for at least a few weeks. We wanted to get Brendan on the show because he had a lot of familiarity with the film and I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that I ended up seeing it um, before we could watch it together. Mm-hmm. So then we watched it together and now we're going to discuss it. Yeah, and it's it's been a few years since I've seen it, so I needed to get a bit more familiar with it. Yeah, fair it's enough. It's been a while, so. So, Doctor Strangelove is a film between zero and 120 minutes. <laughs> it was shot on film. It has actors. It has scenes. As, as most films do. Yes. Uh, but unlike most films, it has a certain collection of actors that work in conjunction with each other only in this specific film. Uh, I'd say that'd be correct, yeah. Okay, excellent. So could you tell me what Dr. Strangelove is about? So basically it all boils down to, it's, ba- it's based on um, post-World War II, um, Cold War era um, uh, in the US. And basically what's happened is um, General, um, General Ripper, um, the general of the Burpleson Air Force Base, has essentially gone insane and decided to send a end game um, bombing run sort of thing to the wing. With they're all two hours outside of Russia, um, and everybody in the war room in the back in the US and everybody in the planes um, over Russia, um, they're all scrambling to well the planes are scrambling to get to their targets and everybody in the war room is wondering what exactly is going on so it is a it's a comedy of errors mm-hmm. basically um it's funny you say that <laughs> because it is a very it's a very dark comedy and um, it has many errors it's very 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 many errors um but yeah so basically that boils down to that so basically um yeah general ripper decides to send a um a, um a plan a wing attack plan r which mm-hmm. is basically the end game, basically. Um, only used in certain circumstances when um, the Rus- the Russians have attacked first, and that is their last um, resort. point of defense, yep. last resort. Um, so to speak. So to speak. But yeah, basically the movie revolves around what happens between um, the people in one particular um, bomb craft and also um, all the generals and all the, um, all the politicians in the war room. And it's a dual, it's a duality sort of story. So you see one side of it in the war room, and then you see one side of it in the bo- in the um, B fifty two. Yeah, and yeah, there's essentially a race against time mm-hmm. um, because the, the the main object is to stop the the bombers from bombing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the reasons as to why escalate to a certain point, and then it sits comfortably there. Yeah, uh, I, the thing, the thing, the one thing that movie does well is it does build up quite a sense of um, not so much dread. There's there's no dread throughout the film. You feel no, you, you don't feel like things are things really are going to hit to, come to a head at some point, but you do feel that there's a slight shift, uh, upward shift in tension hmm. throughout the entire film. Even though it's a very dark comedy, there's all there's there's this big um, 
upward slope of tension throughout the whole film as the film as the film goes on and it plays it out very very well um you'll you start seeing this um when the um when a neighboring air force base attacks um the Burpleson base um that's where you start to see the tension sort of rising in one area everybody in the war room going insane um at that point not knowing what's going on and trying to scramble to find out what's going on mm-hmm. and then you've also got people the guys in the um the bomb the b-52 um heading towards the destination and not knowing what is going on but they're just blindly following orders at that point so what you're saying is the rise in tension is appropriate oh, yeah. for it being a black comedy very very appropriate because it does it obviously comes to a head later on in the film we're not going to spoil that for um for you the listener um we definitely recommend that you watch the film it's a very very good film it's um the dialogue's very well written um it doesn't have an act structure as far as i can tell um it's it hasn't got a defining beginning middle or end you're just plopped into that particular part of the story at the time yeah so like something that i really like about the film what I think makes it work mm-hmm. is that it's played dry. The whole thing, okay. So the, the acting is really good, and the, the characters are believable, and they've got really good dialogue to work with. Despite and, part of it being a little bit out of the ordinary at certain, yeah. certain points, but but like it, it all works, and obviously that goes a long way to making a film. But I think what really works is that other than a particular theme used in certain scenes and music at the very beginning and the very end, mm. the film is dry. Yeah. Um, absolutely dry if there'd been music throughout all of it all the time Mm. or even just frequently enough i think a lot of it would fall flat Um, i I think that a lot of the um the intent would have been taken away if there was anything out of place yeah because it's drier um more attention is drawn to the acting more more attention to the dialogue and to the dialogue as well Mm. um and that also feeds into my previous point where the um the tension sort of rises as well, the only time you hear music within the film is when you're in the B fifty two. Yeah, when but, when you hear like, ants go marching. Yeah, so, but, but yeah. like even so, you don't always hear it when in the B fifty twos. There's one particular scene which we won't go into detail. Yeah, where um, certainly tensions are high, mm-hmm. which is kind of a strange thing. All <laughs> well, that's actually something as well that the film does well. Sorry, is it makes you root for the B fifty two. To actually right. get to their location, which is kind yeah. of weird in a way. Yeah. Like I, I, when I first watched the film, I'm just like, okay, certain thing happens in the film that I won't discuss. And then you're just like, okay, they got out of it. What do they do from here? No, but it was like, hooray, <laughs> they got out of it. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't... They uh, didn't die. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't have to suffer the consequences of the thing too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in, in saying that, it does sort of twist your expectations of the film going okay why am i rooting for them now yeah they're going to do a very dangerous and destructive and evil thing yeah but at the end of the day you're just like oh i can't i can't believe they survived i'm glad that they survived not without trepidation though no you know they they don't want to do it when they get the uh code to go ahead they're very they're very um don't, they, don't, they don't want to do it they, they, don't they feel do like they, they go, feel like well, it's been a big ruse th- this has to be a training thing it has to be wrong yeah well, and then they end up going ahead with it because they they have, have to, to. Mm. i mean well technically they don't have to but you know they <laughs> but, have to um yeah. uh, 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 an order is an order an order is an order per se um, um but yeah like it you end up really going for them um something else that the film does really well 
is you know like all, all the characters are uh, likable to some extent to, to some extent there's um, no there's no character that you hate uh except for um Ripper you kind of have a, a, a genuine hatred for him because he started the chain of events well, but yeah. there's no uh, even then I would say there's no character you can equally hate there's a, they're all they've all got redeeming qualities about them well they're all, they're all well made well maybe Ripper doesn't have redeeming qualities but that, that's a yeah, hard call that's to make hard call I've only seen the film twice so yeah, I don't yeah no enough I, I would say um, for Ripper's sake he's a very he's a very misguided character um, due to the fact of of what he of the the impetus of what what he does, mm. um, but I won't discuss more on that because we recommend you do see the film. Yeah. Um, um, and another yeah. thing that like the film does well is it portrays uh, President Muffy, mm. uh, President Merkin Muffy as um, like the straight someone, man. Yeah, well, he works as a straight man, but um, you know, he's portrayed as someone who cares about his people and his country. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the film. And, like, some of this gets touched on earlier. Um, a lot of it seems to come down to just, rather than so much caring about the country, but getting ahead of the Russians. Yeah. Uh, like, you know... Which, at the end of the day, that was yeah. the main thing about the Cold War, being better than Russia. Mm, no, let's not go into that, yeah. because there's a lot of there's things you could things, argue. Yeah. So let's, let's just stick to the yeah. film. <laughs> um, but, no, like, talking about the, you know, the mining gap. Mm. Obviously, that well, didn't come. said that. Yeah, Turgenson said that, but we, he has. We must not allow a mine shaft gap. Yeah, but that's for the end of the film. Yeah, <laughs> but and we won't talk yeah, we about the context it. of that yeah. either. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's got uh, Muffy's ear at the mm. time, you know. Yeah. Um, and realistically, a lot of it's just about, like, a lot of that gap stuff is just about. Oh, we need to get ahead of the Russians in the film. Yeah. And I'm sure Muffy was meant to be portrayed as someone who cares about his country, but. At the, at the end of the day, a lot of the film is about a race of sorts. Yeah, it's um, essentially a race between the bombing the bombing run, runners and the people in the war room to try and stop them. Yep. And as well, like when it comes to the things like the mineshaft gap between America and the Russians, in, at least in the context of the film. Yeah. Politics aside, of course. <laughs> um, speaking of um, Merkel um, as well. Merkin. Merkin, Merkin. I always seem to forget. I always seem to get his name wrong. I'm I'm terribly sorry about that. But um, speaking of Merkin, um, you've also got um, oh, what was his name? Can, Colonel Mandrake. Yes. Um, alongside um, Ripper as well. He's also played by the um, the late great um, Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Thank you. Um, it's two out of three um, roles that Sellers um, portray- portrayed very very well in the film. Within, within the film. Yeah. Um, when you've got Merkel. Um, Merkin, Merkin, sorry, Merkin, as the very straight man, the the leader of the country. You've got um, Mandrake is still a pretty much straight man. As he's, well. a, he's a bit of a straight man, but you want, when you see what he goes through with um, with Ripper, yeah. he starts going a little bit over the top. But he's still he's still the straight man. So probably, I, I think where Peter Sellers shines. I mean, we could talk about his role as a titular Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. Which is a kind of the a serious... and end all. It's kind of a serious <laughs> goofy role in the same way that Buck Turgidson's was as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, Peter Sellers had a bit more freedom on the film uh, than George C. Scott. Yeah. But when you look at Merkin Muffy and Colonel Mandrake, they're the straight men surrounded by insanity. Yeah. In a and sense. Trying to keep themselves... Keep everything from falling apart. Yeah. And, and that's... 
where they play the best because they're much more grounded around them. Yeah. Um, and it does make some of their lines funnier. Yeah. Especially when they're, as we said before, they're they're delivered so dryly. Yeah. You wouldn't think in a normal circumstance that would ever happen. No. So that's why it makes it all the more funnier. Um, And then um, on the extreme end of the spectrum, you've got the titular character, Dr. Strangelove, um, who's at war within himself. Yeah, he's he's combating his own um, ex-Nazism. Yeah, which yeah. Is kind of, like, and, and he has a hand he can't like really control. Half, it's like one half of him is yeah. Nazi and the other half is just, you know, himself. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, moved on from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's a really well-played character as well. Uh, so, like, Peter Sellers had a lot of room to mm. manoeuvre in this film. Yeah. Um, and it shows, but he still fits. He with still his, fits with, with all three roles. Yeah. Um, extremely, extremely well, and even when they're they're supposed to be on the same, in the same scene together, mm. it doesn't feel detracted from the scene whatsoever. You don't realize until probably the very end, unless you've seen it before, yeah. that that is Peter Sellers. Yeah, it's played. They're, they're all, all like between um, Merkin and Strangelove. It's played so well, you just don't realize. Yeah, the other thing as well is the film is shot well. I mean. Mm-hmm. That just goes with Stanley Kubrick territory, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, um, the, there's some amazing shots within the film. Like, when you get the first big monologue from um, from Ripper, it's one of my favourite scenes within the film. Just the... How do I, how do I describe it? It's a overhead shot. No, it's an undershot. With the person with, really, really close with, by? With the person really close to the, close to the frame. Yeah. But... There's a sense of menace. There's a sense of power there. Yeah. And like the crazy power. And also in the background as well, um, but not too far in the background, is the peace is our motto mm. sign, which does crop up in a few other scenes as well, but I think it it's, really works yeah. there when you're hearing this speech about, which is essentially, this is a war situation. And you've got this guy really, really close. Really trying to sell it. Yeah, no, but like someone really, really close listening to to the camera listening to this and in mm. fact you got the pieces our motto and a few other people around yeah which and is just like wow it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a humorous bleakness it, it's all, not not only that there's a humor within that as well but there's also a sense of chaos and dread within it as well yeah it, it's so beautifully written and you can feel the gravitas within Ripper's words but when you say chaos do you mean like Impending chaos? Impending chaos, okay. yeah. Because right. at that point, he's only just sent the... Yeah. Chaos is yet, but soon <laughs> but will soon be. will be. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like, but it, it's a really well-shot film as well. Like, there's a lot of great use of close-ups, shadows, you know, lighting, um, you know, obviously. And, and um, also the, the minor zooms within um, the latter half of the film to really drive home the the upward slope and and the like the likely inevitability of certain events to come yeah. yeah um you know and there's also like just you know when you get certain shots in the war room that mm. in like impose a sense of massiveness yet also sealed offeredness which isn't a word but Clo- yeah. like there's there's a big like when it goes to the much wider shots of yep. um of the when it goes to the much wider shots of the war room yep there's a sense of the space is used really well yeah, yeah. um it creates a it creates a big sense of um isolation yeah as it were 
I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of isolation within the war room as well. Yeah. Um, that's played very well. It's it's boomy. It's quiet. There's nothing. You can't hear anything else. Mm. It's so secluded from the rest of the world, and it's just there's a lot of layers within the film that really mesh and work work well together. I believe. Yeah. Well, even like not saying for a Stanley Kubrick film, it's just beautifully made, yeah. in my opinion. No, that's that's fair. Mm. So overall, like, I'd say yeah, definitely. It was only my second time seeing it, um, and it was in very close succession. I still thought it was good. Um, I thought it was actually a bit funny the second time around. Mm. There's um, a, there's a lot of humor that you miss um, within your first viewing. Yeah. Um, it I feel it it definitely appreciates. Um, the more times you watch it, the more layers that you uncover, the more, um, the more humor you see yeah. within the film. Um, but look, with with all that being said, um, it's hard when you talk about a Stanley Kubrick film. It, it's very difficult because Stanley Kubrick is it's very uh, prolific. Well, no, he wasn't very prolific, but he's very well respected. Oh yeah, um, that's yeah. a good way of saying it. To the point where he could be considered um, overrated as a director but it's very difficult no i think one can overstate his importance to like to an extent the thing is though there's a reason for this he was dedicated to his craft yeah there's not i don't know what we can really add to the conversation about stanley kubrick and by extension dr strangelove um you know it it's a very interestingly made film. There's no clear Act 1, Act 2, Act 3 mm-hmm. to it, or even Act 1 and Act 2. Yeah. There, it's it, a very... It feels like there's an Act 1 and Act 2, but it's kind of ambiguous where one Where one ends starts, and, and where, one, 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 where one ends and two yeah. begins. Yeah, there's no real introduction to the film. It just kind of starts. It just drops well, you straight into the action. Yeah, like after, after the opening song, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, it's and but, that's also another big thing as well. Like it's very, very sexual in nature. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a it's a very sexual film as well. Like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of imagery. There's a lot of um, wordplay and a lot, a lot of wordplay. Yeah. Um, even the characters are very sexual as well. Yeah, it, like the, the the naming of the characters, I Merkin Muffy, mm. present Merkin Muffy. Sorry, I mean Buck Turgidson and yeah. so on. But like the the thing about it is. Yeah, he, he you could see him as overrated, but this was someone who is important for a reason. Mm. The like, if you're already a fan of some of Kubrick's work, you're probably going to appreciate this. If you're kind of a bit turned off by a lot of the talk and hyperbole surrounding Stanley Kubrick, I'd suggest see the film anyway, but try and put as much of that out of your head because Stanley Kubrick or not, it's just a well-made film. Oh yeah, like it definitely. It, flows really well and it, it is only a, a, somewhere around an hour and a half an hour and 40 minutes yeah but, but it's it, it's a very wordy film but every piece of dialogue flows and it fits well yeah it, and it has meaning it has gravitas he made use of the time afforded to him mm-hmm. essentially and it, and it shows um it's a in a lot of ways it's a very dense film in a lot of parts mm. um but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. Exactly. I, I recommend it as well. Um, for such a dense film, um, it's as I said before, not a not a single word of dialogue is wasted. Everything is beautifully constructed. Um, even though there's not a lot of action within the film, it's very it's very word heavy. If, yeah. if you're not a word heavy 
Um, if you're not a dialogue-heavy fan, this is probably not the movie for you. But um, the way it um, works in its themes, the way that the dialogue is handled, it's very, very well made. And I do recommend the film. Well, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll draw it there. Yep. Um, thank you very much for your time, Brendan. All right. Thanks very much for having me. And um, thanks for letting me watch the film again. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. I was, I was happy to have you here. And yeah, uh, just big thank you to all our patrons who you know help support us and help support our contributors. And of course, a big thank you to Sixo, without whom Culturator wouldn't be a thing and wouldn't be as enjoyable to work on. Mm-hmm. All right. And you can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, Twitch as well. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm not sure if it's uh, worthy to spruik it, but I spruiked it anyway. So. Okay. Would, would you like to spruik something? <laughs> I, I think I just did. Okay. <laughs> what, what name could we find you under? Uh, Beersy. Okay. You can find me under Beersy on right. my socials. But um, yeah, I'm not um, not in any way a film critic, but I do love watching films, and I do love. Um, I'm sort well, of taking up a part. Well, well, you're you're a film aficionado. Yeah, so. I would say. Yeah, I, I think they're aware that we're not critics. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, thank you for your time and have a good one. All right, thanks very much. Have a great one.